It took them long enough, but I think the college football playoff committee finally got one right. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. It's everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Coming up on today's program, we're going to take a look at what Purdue needs to do to pull off an upset against Michigan coming up this weekend. That's coming up later on in the program. But first, we of course have to go over the college football playoff rankings. Before we do any of that, though, today's program is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get an extra $30 off your order. All right, let's dive into everything with the college football playoff rankings that came out. And when I say the committee got it right, I'm not talking about the top four, because to be quite honest, for a lot of the weeks this season, the top four has been pretty easy to figure out. But with what they did after that top four into the top 10 and on further deep, I was really, really happy with what we saw out of this committee. Of course, let's start off with the most obvious point of conversation. The Ohio State Buckeyes are out of the top four, but just barely, and over Alabama and the Crimson Tide at number six. So I've been arguing, and I'm going to continue to argue that Ohio State's the best one-loss team on this platter that you have to choose from if you're a college football playoff committee voter. It's, again, not really a vote they do, but voter just for the sake of saying. Ohio State is a team that only lost one time to a Michigan team that is now top two in the country and going to stay there as long as it takes care of Purdue. That loss was not great, and it is the most recent we have seen out of the Buckeyes. But when you consider that, one, Ohio State has other good wins, beat Penn State badly, beat Notre Dame early on in the season, and on top of that, has not lost a game by less than double digits outside of just last week all season. When you put all that together, Ohio State has a great resume on its own to make the college football playoff. And if you ask me, just based off of the wins and the losses, that resume is better than USC, that resume is better than Alabama, it's better than Tennessee. Unfortunately, Ohio State is only ahead of two out of those three schools right now, as USC still only has one loss, and it has itself a Heisman Trophy candidate in Caleb Williams, maybe Heisman Trophy frontrunner now. So when you look at what USC has here, while I still would argue that Ohio State's just wins and losses are better, you can't really argue against putting in USC over the Buckeyes, at least right now. Uh, USC has stepped up to the challenge. It had that early loss, but has looked good elsewhere. It again has the superstar that you want in the conversation in Caleb Williams and his ability to make those kind of big plays. And it has a team that's rolling right now and is going to be winning its sixth game in a row as long as it can take care of things in the Pac-12 championship. So a one-loss USC team that has a Pac-12 title alongside a one-side Ohio State team that did not play in the Big Ten championship game I can at least wrap my head around and accept the idea that, hey, USC would probably get in over 
the Ohio State in this situation. And Buckeyes fans know this. Buckeyes fans have been saying this just like Michigan fans have, that that big game was the game to decide everything. Who wins the Big Ten East? Likely who wins the Big Ten? And also who heads to the college football playoff? It's been that story pretty much all year. I've just been big on the bandwagon that over these last few weeks, we've seen enough to really kind of make the argument that Ohio State should be in over all those teams. But the good news is here that the Buckeyes got over Alabama, got over Tennessee, because that was where I was ready to get really upset. I had the pitchforks ready. I was ready to go and say, how in the world could you put a two-loss Alabama or Tennessee team over this one-loss Ohio State team? And the committee didn't. Now, the committee also clarified that these are not set in stone uh, rankings right now. It, it was on the telecast, if you were watching, it kind of made it seem like they did say that those two were kind of locked in their places and there was no way Bama could overtake OSU. But after that kind of clarified and said apologies for any confusion, said that those two spots are certainly not set in stone. So as it stands right now, I think Ohio State is the first team back in if either TCU or USC were to lose this weekend. However, I don't know if the college football playoff committee is going to stick to those rankings if things play out a certain way over the weekend. I don't know what would possibly, with both those teams not playing, have them saying, okay, now Alabama's better than OSU, but if, say, Michigan loses over the weekend to Purdue, that win gets a whole lot weaker, but then you have to have the conversation of, okay, who, who does get in from the Big Ten out of those two teams? It's something that gets really complicated, but I think the point is right now that at least for the moment, the Big Ten got a big win by getting Ohio State in over that Alabama team and that Tennessee team, because again, I was ready to be furious. And I think that if LSU had won over the weekend, perhaps it may have jumped Ohio State. I think that if Michigan had been the team that lost without that Notre Dame win that Ohio State has, maybe the Crimson Tide would have gotten over the Wolverines if they had been the losing team. But as it plays out right now, we can't talk about what might have been. We have to talk about what is, and that is a fact that Ohio State is finally getting some of that Big Ten respect that I feel like the Big Ten has earned throughout the season but really we're seeing it just right now. And that five ranking for OSU, and let's not forget about the number eight ranking for Penn State too, because that makes the best win for both Michigan and Ohio State that much better as well. So those two teams right now fighting for the playoff positioning, a Penn State ranking at eight helps them out a lot. But I really, really do think you have to wonder, what if Michigan had lost that game? Would they be at five or would Ohio or would Alabama get in over them and get that five spot? What happens over the course of the weekend if a TCU or USC win? Will they let an Alabama jump over an Ohio State potentially? I don't know. I don't know how close things were in the conversations that they had inside the room. But all I know is that right now, if you're asking me as a Big Ten fan, I'm sitting there saying, hey, neither of these teams, none of these teams, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, none of them are playing this weekend. So it should be the Buckeyes, the first team in if one of those teams, TCU or USC, ends up losing. I don't know for sure, and I think another really, really interesting conversation would be what if only TCU loses, and then it's a one-loss team without a Big 12 title. Does it then fall all the way out and then lose out to Ohio State? Another interesting conversation to have, but we'll see how everything plays out at least for this weekend first, 
as it's going to get really, really interesting as we start championship weekend now. And with the Buckeyes being the team that's sitting watching from home. Coming up in a minute, we're going to get into that Big Ten title game. Purdue has a tall task ahead of it in trying to knock off these Michigan Wolverines. We're going to get into the things that Purdue needs to do to try and get that win here in a minute on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do any of that, though, the holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steaks experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use code LOCKEDON at checkout to get $30 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary's butcher's cut filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, extra juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get an extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. All right, let's talk about this Big Ten championship game. Not the last time we'll talk about it, of course, but Purdue going into Indianapolis to face off against this Michigan Wolverines team that'll be there for the second straight season. Meanwhile, Jeff Brom makes his first trip there. The Purdue Boilermakers make their first trip there as a team since this title game was established. So what did the Boilermakers have to do to pull off the upset? To spoil the hopes of the Big Ten having two firm, firm college football playoff cases and, on the other hand, maybe just having one if Purdue wins this game. Can the first ever unranked Big Ten championship game team be a team that actually wins it? Well, it's not going to be easy. And if we're being completely honest, if Michigan's playing its A game out there, it doesn't matter how good Purdue plays. Michigan is the better team in this football game. I was confident saying that last week going into Ohio State-Michigan that I thought Ohio State was for a more talented team. So maybe you just throw everything I say out the window at this point. But I'm confident, at least in this, in that Michigan is, if it plays its game and Purdue plays its game, Michigan's the one that ends up coming out on top. So, how does Purdue try to turn those tables? The first key is to make things manageable in the trenches. It's college football. So, the phrase winning in the trenches shouldn't be that unfamiliar to anybody, and especially not to Big Ten fans. But Purdue has to, at the very least, make it so that they can manage the game on offense. And so that that Michigan front is not just a pesky thorn in the side every single play in and play out. There's going to be times where Michigan gets through. There's going to be times where the Wolverines are just able to put on pressure. We saw them do it against three all-Big Ten offensive linemen at Ohio State last week. So the idea that you're going to be able to win every single play at the line for the Boilermakers may be a little bit unrealistic, but you have to try to contain. And that's the biggest area where Purdue has to do it, is because on that defensive line, if Michigan is able to get the penetration, there's already so many other things that the Purdue offense needs to do right to be able to compete with what Michigan's going to put out there in this game. I don't see it happening if Aiden O'Connell or whoever it is that's out there on the field for the Buckeyes 
has to just keep on running around and worrying about that first level getting through while either looking down the field or trying to find a hole. It just doesn't add up that Purdue has success on offense if it's not at the very least managing what Michigan's throwing at it in blitz packaging and really just in the rush that it puts up there because the Wolverines are talented enough to get back with four or less. So if Michigan can at the very least get into the backfield, it's not really going to be close. But Purdue needs to make things manageable, needs to at least some of the time give his quarterback some time, at least some of the time make sure that Maccabee is able to find the way to do his thing. And with the way that he's been playing as of late, you know that if you just give him a little bit of space, he's going to find a way to get some yards and be an impact player in this game. It's just a matter of the players around him and the players in front of him, protecting him and O'Connell and everybody else in the skill position set. Can they make it so that these plays last long enough for Purdue to develop some offense? If that happens, Boilermakers have a shot. If Michigan's just always in the backfield, then things are going to be pretty ugly here in Indianapolis. Uh, the second thing is to let that running game open up things for the passing. I mentioned Devin Maccabee, the freshman out there for Purdue. This is a guy who has really kind of just come out of nowhere as not only just the main running back, but kind of their go-to gadget guy whenever they need to have somebody to make something happen. Uh, O'Connell to Charlie Jones has been electric as far as the connections have been all season long. But as far as just needing a few yards and being able to try and get it, Maccabee's been that guy. If you're looking for the guy to at least throw out to a flat, get into the open field and say, hey, make something happen, Maccabee's that kind of guy. He's the kind of player that can really on his own, if given the opportunity, be able to bring a defense's focus onto him and change the way that the game is played. Because he's that kind of a shifty player. He's that kind of a guy who's going to be able to move around. And again, if he gets the opportunities in the open field, I cannot wait to see him going up against some of these Michigan linebackers or Michigan corners if it gets to that kind of a level on defensive backs. If it gets to a point where he's going up against them one-on-one, -on -one, that's the kind of matchups I really want to see. Who's been able to make those open field tackles? Is Maccabee able to get out into the open field and advance the football? That kind of thing is the thing you need the Purdue Boilermakers to be able to do in this game. I think the biggest thing is to catch Michigan off guard. And doing it with your offense is the easiest way that the Boilermakers know how. Uh, Jeff Brom, of course, known for being able to air things out a little bit. When you have a guy like Maccabee out there who can be the more of a gadget player kind of guy, this is, of course, if you're Purdue, the game where you pull out all the stops. If you have the trick play that you've been saving all season long, this is the game that we're going to see it in. If you've got some sort of magic-making play calling that you have for a scripted couple of drives to start off this game, this is where you pull those out. It's not going to be anything to let up for Purdue. And of course, Michigan won't be either. They know the gravity of winning this game just as much as it was important to beat Ohio State last week. But if you're looking at it from a Purdue side, I mean, this is... This is the team that has nothing to lose. Yeah, Purdue's going to go to a bowl game after this, but this is their most important game of the season. They're playing it right now. Michigan's hoping that this is the stepping stone to their next most important game. And that's something that matters a little bit. I think in not, if not to what the players are actually bringing out onto the field, 
than maybe in how these coaches are preparing them. Because Purdue knows that, hey, we're not going to play for a couple of weeks after this, neither will Michigan. But they know that really this is where they have to let it all out. And while, again, I, I don't want to fall into anything where it's like, okay, Michigan's or Purdue's going to have some sort of extra ability to play the game because they have more motivation to do so in the Big Ten title game. No, it's the Big Ten title game. But I do think there's something to be said. The fact that you have this underdog coming out of an underdog story in the Big Ten West to get to its first Big Ten title game and really coming in with that chip on its shoulder and being able to say, hey, maybe we can do this when nobody, nobody, nobody is expecting Purdue to be able to. We'll wrap things up here in just a moment with a couple of stats here to tell you and recruiting news more as we wrap up things on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do any of that, though, a reminder, today's show is brought to you in part by Omaha Steaks. Head on over to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get an extra $30 off when you order. Let's wrap things up with a final look around the Big Ten news. A couple of notes in recruiting news to tell you about. Ajani Shepard, a three-star quarterback, has committed to Rutgers. He's out of New Rochelle, New York. And also, three-star athlete Jason Hewlett has committed to Michigan out of Youngstown, Ohio. He had other offers from the likes of Kentucky, Cincinnati, and West Virginia as well, too. And finally, one flip away from a Big Ten school. Four-star athlete out of the 2023 class, Collins Akimpom, as Pong has flipped from Michigan to Miami. I apologize if I butchered your name, but since you're going away, I'm not all that sorry. Finally, some other notes. A fun stat to tell you about with Purdue. Now, Purdue, I mentioned earlier, is the first unranked team to make the Big Ten championship game, not being ranked in the latest AP Top 25. Purdue, well with Jeff Brom has been unranked and faced a top three team three separate times. And the Boilermakers have won every single one of them. Back on October 20th of 2018, Purdue defeated number two Ohio State, 49 to 20, Jeff Brom's coming out party in a way. On October 16th of 2021, Purdue beat number two Iowa, 24 to seven. You'll remember that one from last year. And then just a few weeks later, Purdue beats number three Michigan State, 40 to 29, the final score. So Purdue, under Jeff Brom, as a ranked team going up against top three teams in the country, has never lost. And not only never lost, never lost, never won by less than 11 points. Purdue just dominates when they are the underdog, and they'll be going into it on Saturday for sure. Also, some sad news coming out of the Purdue program. Uh, Prayers out for Aiden O'Connell and his entire family learned over the weekend that Aiden O'Connell knew as on Saturday he was playing with and dealing with the unexpected death of his brother, Sean. He ended up announcing that after the game on Sunday that Purdue won that matchup. Uh, Of course, outstanding composure by him to be able to play the game at all and to be able to lead Purdue to the Big Ten title game. Of course, a great story of, of triumph for him in a really, really tough time for him and his family. So thoughts and prayers out, of course, to Aiden O'Connell and everyone at his family, at the Purdue family, which I know is really, really hurting alongside him as well. And hopefully he's able to get back out onto the field on Saturday to help lead the Boilermakers. But of course, there's no rush and bigger things to be thinking about. 
That'll be all for Locked On Big Ten here today. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to take another look at everything going on in the Big Ten, which will include Big Ten awards and national awards, which are either coming out or finalists are being named for. And also the ACC Big Ten Challenge is done after this year, but we'll go over some of the games that we've had so far this week in an exciting start to the event. That's coming up here on Locked On Big Ten tomorrow. I'm Nate Dickinson. I'll be back here tomorrow with more. Until then, this has been Locked On Big Ten.